Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipshire, joined by my handsome co-host, my side dude, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What's going on? Oh man, living the dream, bro. And guys, today is going to be a fun one because we got a Florida boy in the house, Mr. Hey. Mayo. What's up, dude? What's going on, boys? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Pleasure to have you. And dude, you got like a nice mic. I don't know, you know, for the people that, that can't see this, he's got like, you know, a yeah. My girlfriend wants to be, you know, a podcast star. So okay. I bought it for her for her birthday this year. I'm the first one to use it though. So pretty excited. That's I get hilarious. to flaunt that around. <laughs> dude, fun fact this mic that I that I had that everyone's like, oh my God, you got this super cool mic. I bought this thing four, almost five years ago because I wanted to start a podcast, dude. And I'm wow. just now getting around to it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you're just getting some use. That's exciting. Well, John, man, we're excited to have you on. And what what I like the most about these types of conversations is I don't know you too well. You know, we we've, we've sure. communicated via social. Um, we've, I think we've, you know, sent each other deals and, and it's, it's neat to actually finally get to get to know the human, you know, behind the social media icon and really get to dive in and kind of understand them. Cause obviously we don't, you know, just bring anyone on the show. We like to bring movers and shakers and people who have, have been in the world, people who have the right mindset, people who can bring value, you know, to, to, to the audience, to the listeners and viewers. So dude, we're excited to hear your story, man. And I'll, uh, I, I'll start with, man, just asking you, just tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll, we'll dive into the origin story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you guys first for having me here. Pleasure to be on. You know, I'm excited to hopefully, you know, impact some people and share some knowledge and hopefully, you know, have a good, good impact on somebody out there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so for, for about me, you know, my name is John Mayo. I'm from, I live in Florida, like you said, but I'm actually from Long Island, New York. Uh, born and raised in New York, went to school upstate New York. Uh, Where's your New York accent at, bro? I know, I know. It's what everybody says. Yeah. (laughs) My family has New York accents, but not me. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. So born and raised like New York through and through all the way. I never thought I'd leave New York. I was like number one fan in New York, Uh, but got a job in Manhattan, was there for like eight years probably or so. It was a while. Uh, And, you know, like was just kind of in that world of working at W2 in Manhattan. Like that was, that was my world. Uh, you know, I'd go to work nine to five, nine to seven, probably was more accurate. Yeah. And just kind of kept doing that, you know, I was with with people like, you know, had friends around there. And, you know, the scene that I was with was everybody just kind of liked to party. Like that was what yeah. we did. We partied, we ate, like we spent our money, we slept and we went to work. And that was really it. And yeah, I mean, for probably eight years, like I said, I was kind of in New York just doing that. Like that was my day to day. And then, you know, as like my 20s kind of went on, I started to realize like, OK, like, hey, like. You know, I knew deep inside that there was something else that I wanted. Like, I knew I wanted more. I felt like I could be more. Like, I, I always kind of said I wanted to open my own business, but I had no idea what kind of business. Right. I thought, like, a restaurant, but then I was like, do I really want the restaurant life? Like, that's kind of tough and competitive. I don't know. And then I thought, like, a bar, because I was always going to the bar. And I was like, but then I was like, that's not really a healthy lifestyle. I don't know if I want right. that. And just kind of kept staying in my nine to five. Had a good job, like, you know average job like above average pay like solid moving up getting promotions like i had a team of like 20 people i was managing like you know what like was a, your job by the way uh i was like a technical program manager at a translation company in new gotcha. york city super gotcha. random nothing i cared about or was passionate about <laughs> but been there for 10 years still at that job um 
But so, yeah, just kind of was in that just trap of just the same thing over and over and over. Knew when I want more, but like knowing I want more, but just not taking any action to get there. Sure. And just kind of stuck in that cycle. And then actually everything changed in, I guess, March of 2020. And that was when COVID happened. And mm. I mean, I think a lot of people have this like same story and you know, obviously COVID was like a terrible thing. You know, everybody lost like loved ones and there was all the terrible things that happened. But for me specifically, and I think for a lot of people that I've heard, like it was kind of like a really unique opportunity. And it really sure. like, it was the first time I didn't have to go to work every day and like didn't have to commute and didn't have to just be sitting in my desk like all day working, working, working. And I was able to talk to my girlfriend and think like, hey, where do we, where do we want to go? We were actually, it was perfect for us. We were kind of homeless at the time. We had both just moved back home and we were looking for an apartment in the city together. And then New York City like shut down and we had no home. And we were like, okay, like we don't have to work for a little while, like in the office. Like let's, let's go down to Florida and hang out on the beach. Heck and yeah. then we stayed for a week or two. We're like, all right, we're definitely going to. Uh -oh. Go back next week. And then all of a sudden it's two years later and we're still living in Florida. Uh, Florida. Now, never planning on going back to New York. And uh, yeah, that's kind of. What kinda part of Florida do you, do you guys go to? I guess uh, what part Sarasota, of Florida you guys living in now? Yeah, so we're in Sarasota. It's Sarasota. like a little bit below Tampa. Yep. Very mm -hmm. cool. Very cool. Phenomenal. So I, 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 I'm curious because, dude, like New York was a hotbed for, for you know, bad stuff during COVID. Um, I mean, at, le at least that's what we heard um, in the news and whatnot. Um, and so was, you know, how did you guys have the perspective of this is a unique opportunity versus, oh my God, doom and gloom. Like how did that happen? Yeah. You know, you kind of cut out for a little bit in the second, in the beginning there, but I'm I sorry, I'll, I'll re-ask the question. I think, oh, I think I'm having some internet lag. It's, it's Alaska internet part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nonetheless, you, you know, you said you were in New York in, in the height of COVID and that, you know, for all of us outsiders looking in, like that place looked like doomsday. You know, all you kept hearing about was body bags and stretchers. What gave you guys the perspective or what gave you the perspective that this is a unique opportunity and not, oh my gosh, like shut her down. How are we going to like, how did you look at that so optimistically? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, I don't have a great answer for that. Like, I feel like one of my just kind of characteristics is I've always been like an optimistic guy. Like I've always looked at like the glass half full. Like I've always kind of taken that route. And we just looked at each other, like my girlfriend and I, she's the same as I am. And we were like, hey, we don't have to go to work for a week. Like, let's go to the beach and hang out. And even if it's just the two of us, like we didn't know anybody in Sarasota, Florida. We just kind of came down here. And then we were like, all right, we still don't have to go back to work. Let's just keep hanging out on the beach. And Man. I mean, we were fortunate, like, you know, we we were healthy. We didn't get COVID at the time. You know, we we were safe. We wore masks and stuff like that. But, you know, we were just kind of, taking advantage of what, what the world gave us. Awesome. So you're, you're now in Florida, you guys are, I guess, kind of maybe committing to, to staying here. Um, how, how did real estate work, work into this uh, whole endeavor? Yes. Yeah, so real estate was again, thanks to my girlfriend actually. So she's a big YouTube fan, huge fan of all the influencers on there. And one day we were hanging out in my house in like New York still before we came down to Florida and she was watching some YouTube and these influencers were like making stories about how they got these investment properties and telling these stories about how their tenants are paying their rent and that's covering the mortgage and they're making like $400 a month and traveling around and like passive income and all this stuff. And 
she turned to me and was like, Hey, like, can we do this? And at first I thought, no, absolutely not. Like, that's crazy. Like that can't exist. Cause right. I didn't know about any of that. Like right. I, I was never in that world before. Like I, I, I'm not like a huge social media guy. I wasn't following those people. Like I was super unaware of all that. And uh, then she showed me and I talked to one of the friends I had who I knew was kind of like in real estate. I had no idea what he did at the time, but I knew he had something to do with real estate and he turned me on to bigger pockets. So that was mm. kind of my first experience. So I started listening to bigger pockets while I was like going for a jog or something like that. And then I was like, whoa, like this is kind of crazy. Like this is actually real. Like she wasn't lying. These influencers aren't crazy. And then just kind of went down the spiral after that. And I started just, you know, listening to every single thing I could find, reading everything I could find, like just literally hours and hours and hours, like I, I, countless hours. I don't even know how many and was just kind of in that spiral of just learning. And then probably two, three months later, probably two months later, we ended up buying a rental property in Dallas, Texas. Super random that it was Dallas because we were living in New York and moving to Florida. <laughs> but for whatever reason, we thought Dallas was a great place to buy a rental and uh we were going to do the burr method there because i was watching bigger pockets and that's big sure big on there uh turned out to be way too big of a project for a first timer who knew nothing like this was like a full full gut like the house was terrible and uh we bought it from a wholesaler actually i didn't even know what a wholesaler was at the time sure uh that was actually kind of a bad experience because they probably weren't the best wholesaler and they definitely, you know, led us astray a little bit, but you know, yeah. we were, we were unaware. So all in all, it worked out in the end, you know, we, we still have that property now it's a rental. You know, I think we're cash flow in like almost 500 bucks a month. So we have a lot more money in it than we expected because of the Burr method, but all in all still a good long-term rental. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the first experience in wow. it for me. So, yeah. so you guys actually, you, you stuck with that property, even though like you were in over yeah. your head, you got it to the finish line. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was tough. There was a lot of fights, a lot of anger, you know, a lot of difficult days for sure. But you know, we made it through. And I mean, every time I tell that to somebody now, they're like, wow, you're cash flowing like 500 bucks a month. Like that's, that's a great rental. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So from, from you getting that deal uh, from the wholesaler to you getting a tenant in there, how long was that? I got the deal April 4th and we got a tenant in there about December 20th. Ooh. It was a long one. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. And the house was 700 square feet. Like it was a oh, tiny wow. little house. Yeah. <laughs> so we did an addition. We converted the garage. Now it's a thousand square feet at three, two instead of a two one that it was originally. But yeah, it was, it was tough. That's so I thought it was going to be a $15,000 renovation. It was like 95. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was brutal. For sure. Wow. Well, good oh news is you're cash flowing now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now it's 500 bucks in the pocket every month. Well, was exactly. that, so that was your first taste of what a wholesaler was like? Yeah, exactly. So I kind of had that like negative opinion of a wholesaler Honestly. because of that. Yeah. Like that is guy that, told me like, oh, negative... paint. oh, bad. no, sorry. Did you get that negative connotation from bigger pockets or did, cause if no, you already, I don't... how'd you know of wholesalers? I honestly, I didn't. I was just on bigger really? pockets and they have a category on the side that says like homes or something like that. And I just clicked on it and then I saw like, Oh, this one looks like a nice one. And then it turned out to be a wholesaler actually from like new Western. And, uh, of course, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that guy was like, yeah, exactly. I didn't want well, to put dude. them on blast, but <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. There's, I, I actually, uh, worked when I, when I was first getting started, I, I, 
I don't want to say I partnered up, but I worked with a, a wholesaler, uh, Jake, I think his name was, um, who was phenomenal, man. I mean, he, he was actually very influential in, in my career. We, we don't do any more deals together, but um, I, I had a great experience. But let me ask, okay, so Bigger Pockets now is changing. And thankfully, you know, we've yeah. got people like Jamil Damji who are bringing, you know, shedding the good light on wholesaling and saying, hey, look, it's not all what you what it what it has been. There's actually people out here doing it the right way there. It's a service that's been around longer than realtors have been around. Um, so it's here to stay. Um, so it's good that he's shedding positive light on that now. But back then there was no positive light. So how did you like how did you cross over from being a essentially a burr investor who got this deal from a wholesaler and it sounds like it didn't pan out right to you eventually moving over to wholesaling. What was that journey like? Yeah, you know, it was a lot of twists and turns along the way. I mean, it wasn't a long period of time. So we finished that, we got that renter in there late December and by March or April, April, I was full-time in wholesaling. But, um, I, at first, you know, I started, I kept reading the books, you know, doing the podcast, everything like that. And then I was like, okay, you know, the next best thing for me to do in real estate is get my real estate license. So that's what I did. So I got licensed by the end of December. I think I was licensed. And then I kind of fell into that trap of just, you know, I kind of forgot that I wanted to invest in real estate and I just started being a realtor for a little while mm. and, you know, doing residential real estate, like showing people homes. And then after like a few weeks of that, I was like, you know what, this is, this is, this is terrible. Like, this isn't what I want to do. Like, I don't want to show people homes. I want to buy homes. I want to own homes. Like, you know, this is these, I don't care about these pretty homes. I like ugly homes. Um, so then I kind of realized, okay, like that's not what I want to do. And then I started kind of going towards like multifamily. And then I was like, all right, I probably don't have enough money to do multifamily right now. And then I was kind of in that, that circle that everyone does where you're just shooting your shot, like in every single thing. Yeah. So I figured, okay, like, you know, quick money, like everybody says wholesaling is like a great way to get quick money. Like, let me try that. And I also figured that, you know, Wholesaling is kind of, you know, the beginning of the chain. So if I can get good at the beginning of the chain, then I can do anything I want. Absolutely. So that was really what kind of like made me think like, okay, you know what? Like forget that other guy. Like I'm going to be a good wholesaler. I'm going to show my people like how to, how it should be done and like help them out. We'll all be homies and then go from there. I see. Uh, but it was not, it was not successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at so, the time, who were, who were some of your mentors or people that you were kind of, you know, getting information from and, and following? Yeah. So... You know, I wish I had went on like YouTube and just started watching like Jamil's videos, but I, I didn't even know who he was yet at the time. Still. Sure. Um, so I was just kind of listening to podcasts really about how people would get their leads. And then that was it. So it wasn't even like the concept of like wholesaling so much. Like I didn't know about the contracts or anything like that. Still, I just knew like, okay, like this guy said he, he has a whole business on direct mail. Like, let me go write some letters and I'll get a bunch of leads. So I tried that. Didn't get any leads. And then I was like, all right, this guy's out here cold calling everybody. Like, let me try that. Didn't get any leads. Or actually, I got some leads, but I didn't know how to, what to do with them. Sure. Uh, then I hired VAs, had some VAs for a little while, oh. didn't know how to train them, didn't know, they, they didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a waste of money and time. Uh, and I was just kind of doing that, shooting my shot everywhere and just not having success with anything because I didn't stick with anything. PPC I did for like a week. And I was like, oh God, like how did I not get a single lead in like one week of PPC? Like, this is crazy. But it's funny because it sounds like like classic entrepreneur, you know, yeah. stuff where you're just trying things. You know, you're not you're not afraid to take action. 
Um, you know, like, like some, like me included, I'm not fearful of taking action, but in the past I, I had the habit of overthinking, you know, my, my next move. And so it sounds like you're just like, dude, these guys are doing it. Let's, let's give it a shot. Let's go for it. So through all this kind of inconsistency, um, what did you, what did, what made you stick with something? Cause I, I'm assuming at this point, you now have found consistency. Um, how, how did that happen? Like what, what made you, you know, just pick one lane and go for it. And how did that work for you? Is that how you got your first deal or? Yeah. 100%. So yeah, the thing that changed for me was getting a mentor, joining Astro, uh, and just kind of learning from somebody who had done it before. That was really the game changer for me. Uh, you know, I did all the coursework, you know, I did all the modules, everything that they teach you in the Astro course. And then just kind of like being around that community, I think is really what did it. Like I saw all these other people that were just doing like one thing and they were successful. And I went from thinking like, okay, like you could do one deal a month to thinking like, wow, you could do four, 10, 20 deals a month or whatever. Like this is possible. And all you need to do is just stick with one specific thing. And at the time, like this was maybe two months, three months since I'd gotten like into real estate more like with like being a realtor and all the cold calling and PBC and stuff. So I'd probably spent like almost five grand on like marketing and stuff already. So okay. I was like, all right, like I really need to just relax on the paid marketing. And that's when I came across Astro and they were like, oh, like, you know, we can teach you ways where you don't have to spend all your money on marketing. And that's really, I didn't, still didn't even know who Jamil was when I joined Astro. I had no idea. I had never heard him speak. I had no idea who he was. And I just, I just liked that marketing thing that they said where you don't have to pay for marketing because I was been paying for marketing so much. And uh, yeah, that was really the game changer for me. Because so, then after that, I just focused. How did you, uh, where did your first deal come from? How'd you, how'd you lock it up? Let's kind of walk through that deal flow. Yeah, so my first deal was actually kind of a stressful one. Uh, I'm sure they all are. But it was a lead that came in from before. I think it was actually from the cold calling that I was doing. And I was going to flip that house myself because I was also trying to do some flips in there too. Again, because I was doing literally everything. (laughs) And uh, I, you know, sometimes I I think I have the opposite problem sometimes where I take action a little bit too quick. So I had received like a message from somebody where they were like, hey, like I'm a private lender, you know, like I can help you fund your deals. I'll give you 100% of the purchase price and 100% of the rehab and only like 4% interest. And I was like, well, that's a steal. Like, perfect. (laughs) So I got that guy to fund this deal. And it turns out that that was a scam. So I had had sent them like $5,000 or something like that. And then they couldn't fund the deal. So at this point, I was already like past my inspection period. I was like, oh, geez, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I lost the money to this guy. I was about to lose my earnest money to the seller. And that's when I had joined Astro and I was doing the coursework and learning like, okay, this is what wholesaling actually is. And that was just kind of like a light that went off that I was like, oh, I can, I can wholesale this deal. Like this is the way I'm going to get out of here. And that's how I'm going to get my money back. And sure enough, yeah, I spent a lot of time making calls. I still didn't have too many buyers or anything at the time. I was like texting, calling, like doing everything I could to find a buyer. And then found this one buyer who's still one of my better buyers right now. Like she's an awesome like agent who has all these other buyers and she ended up taking that deal for herself and her sister. And I got the money back that I got scammed from plus like $2,500. And that was my first win. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I did positive netted $25 and I was thrilled. And you're part of a community that was super supportive and, and able to kind of guide, yeah. you know, guide you properly, you know, moving forward. Wow. I just, 
I applaud that. I, I can't, first of all, I think it's hilarious that you said you're, uh, you're a person who likes to take action first. That's Tanner. hundred oh, yeah. <laughs> percent. Tanner's my partner, man. He, it's funny because we balance each other out. I'm Tanner's the ready fire aim guy. You know? <laughs> and I'm like the ready aim, aim, aim a little bit more, check your yeah. site, you know, <laughs> make sure the gun, inspect your gun. Um, but it's great because we, you know, both, both ways work in reality. Um, and so for any of the listeners, um, and viewers, I always want people to be kind of conscious of that. It's more important to be self-aware of who you are than trying to be someone else that you think you should be in order to have success. There's so many variations to, to get to the finish line. So, um, nonetheless, I, this, you've got a fascinating story, my friend, because I feel like at this point, so many people would have dropped out of the game. I mean, you, you got bamboozled twice you know it seems yeah. like and um you know just challenge after challenge and it's not like when you found real estate you were like this is the thing i'm gonna do for the rest of my life you know you and your girlfriend saw it as an opportunity what do you think why did you hang in there yeah that's a really good question to be honest um you know i i, I just hung in there because i knew that i could do it like that was really it like I was listening to all these people, like seeing all these people. And like, I've always thought like I'm a pretty smart guy. Like, you know, like I've always done well in school and everything and, you know, been like able to do things. And I was like, there's no way that I can't succeed in real estate. Like, it's just mm -hmm. impossible. Like, I just need to keep trying. And listening to the podcasts and the books and everything really did help because everybody was like, you know, every no is one step closer to a yes. And I was like, all right, I literally can't fail anymore. Like, I've, I've gotten bamboozled twice, like you just said. Like, I can't possibly get bamboozled again. Like, I've seen it all now. I probably still haven't seen it all. But sure. <laughs> at least I felt like that at the time. So every day, like, I would just kind of wake up again and be like, all right, like, today's the day. Like, I, today I'm going to do it. It's going to work today. And that was just kind of where I was at. I mean, definitely, like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes at nighttime, like, I'd be pretty bummed. Like, my girlfriend would be mad at me. Like, John, you just lost $2,500 more. Like, how is that possible? And uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough some nights for sure but then i would just try to get some sleep wake up in the morning and have amnesia and go at it again absolutely well let's give the people some hope because I, I hate to make it sound like <laughs> gosh anyone who's going through this you know you're going to go through pure hell on your way to the beginning it is you know obviously everyone's stories differently but what's you know you've been doing this for for a little a little while now what's been your biggest month financially so far uh my biggest month was probably i think 31k and that was two months ago. Yeah, 31. Very nice. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Very nice. Gosh, that's what some people hope to make in a year. I know. Time. Yeah. Um, dude. I, so now, man, now knowing you a, a little bit and kind of knowing your your um your your mindset, I want to ask you, like, I want to ask you kind of not a personal question, but maybe random. Hustle. People that have the hustle, people like you, people that have that drive and that ambition. Do you think that's nurture or do you think that's nature? Do you think it's something that they're born with or or just through life's situations have created this person? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I I don't think that it's something that you're born with. I, I don't know where it comes from exactly, but like just thinking about like my family, like I've got a brother and a sister. I'm the youngest one. My sister's a hustler. But like my brother, he's definitely not a hustler. That guy is like slow, <laughs> relaxed. Like he he's not a hustler. My mother is very much like cautious. Like when I told her, like I'm buying a piece of real estate for like four hundred thousand dollars, but don't worry, like I'm gonna sell a piece of paper for ten grand in a couple of days. Like 
that blew her mind. Like she was terrified. <laughs> so that is not like her lane at all. Uh, so it's really like nobody in my family I can think of that's really kind of in that in that lane. So I don't think it's anything that you're born with or nurtured. I think it's I think it's just circumstance throughout your life that makes you kind of want to be that way. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's a it's a kind of a debate I've had with myself for the longest time because I I grew up thinking that a lot of you know those uh, attributes are inborn you know they're innate they're things that people are just born with you see these leaders you see these company people you know you see the president all these people um and you're like man they you know and then you hear the story of of how they're raised and whatnot and you're like man i don't i don't have that upbringing you know maybe i didn't have this like me i didn't have this struggle environment really i mean my parents didn't have a ton of money and so it was cool to look at other uh uh you know it, ambitious people to see the fruits of their label and think, man, you know, that'd be great. But I didn't have people beat my ass when, when, you know, I had no harsh parents or anything like that, but I also wasn't raised in a wealthy environment. So I didn't have this North star to kind of go to. Um, so I thought I was screwed, man, for the longest time. I literally did. I literally thought I was just meant to kind of, um, have a job and, and, and go that route. And it wasn't until I started associating with people like you and people like Tanner and people that have these, these big visions and aren't afraid to go after it. I just surrounded myself with them. It was so infectious that I became that person, you know? And so I agree with you, man. I think that kind of stuff is totally, you know, brought about by your environment that you're raised in. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Like I was saying before that, you know, all my 20s, I was just in that nine to five world of just working. All my friends like worked nine to fives. Nobody had like, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Like that word wasn't in my vocabulary, like financial freedom. Like I just heard when, like after COVID for the first time ever. And it just, it never crossed my mind, any of that stuff. And I was just like complacent in that same, just average life and now right, exactly right. i surround myself with entrepreneurs and real estate people and all i listen to is that and that's all you can think and then you just become that type of person absolutely one of my one of my favorite and tanner i'm sorry i'm like hogging this this interview <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm just enjoying listening so we're good <laughs> one of one of my favorite questions to ask people um especially people that have a, just a fascinating kind of up uh, story is what's your morning routine like? And if you don't have one, that's even fine. But I'm just curious to know, what's your morning routine like, John? Yeah, so that's a good question too. My morning routine is something that I'm working on for sure. I used to be like a late riser, um, but I've been gradually, what I started doing maybe like a year ago was just kind of taking 15 minutes earlier like every day. Mm. And not to any crazy amount, like I probably wake up at 6.15, 6.30 every day, maybe seven, like somewhere in that kind of range. Uh, I've been working on the mindset stuff also. So every morning I meditate for like 10, 15 minutes, like nothing crazy. Uh, still not really good at it. So if anybody's out there struggling with meditation, like I've been doing it every day for like four months and still not great. So <laughs> you gotta, gotta hang in there for sure. Uh, but yeah, so I wake up, meditate, drink a bunch of water right away. I'm like super, super strict about that. Like I always make sure I drink a gallon of water. Smart. Uh, and then I've been trying to not like touch phone or anything like that for the first kind of like 30 minutes, just kind of like settle into your day a little bit. And then after that, I start working. That's it. And then I, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I it's that. basic. It's simple. You yeah. Know, everyone, you talk to most people and whether they actually do it or not, there's, you know, they make it sound like they've got some extreme extravagant morning 
yeah. routine where they climb Mount Everest, come back down, jump <laughs> off out of a plane with a parachute. And that's like six in the morning still. And they're like, all right, now I go hit the gym. And no, but yeah. like you're, you're, it's extremely basic. Like I keep mine, my morning routine is extremely basic, just like that. I don't think, I think it's, I think that's cool for people to hear that, you know, it doesn't need to be some extreme where you're reading 30 minutes and all this stuff. So that's super relatable to, I'm sure a lot of people and they just whether won't admit it or um, whether they haven't realized it yet. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. I, I sometimes I think the same thing. I'm like, damn, should I be like doing more in my morning? But I like to kind of get to work and then I'm like, yeah. oh, it's eight o'clock and I've already done an hour of work. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> you feel good. And then I go to the gym in the afternoon and like kind of, you know, you get a break. You've already worked for eight hours at that point and then you can go work out, take your mind off, take a break. I don't really need a break when I first wake up. Yeah, I love it. Alex Hermosi, he, uh, he's, he's yeah. just a random person I follow, but Alex is dope. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a boss and I love uh, that guy. Yeah. Someone had asked him what's his morning routine. And he's like, I wake up, I drink a cup of coffee and I get the fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's like, don't overthink it. You know, he's like, yeah, just yeah. I totally cool. vibe with that guy, him and Layla, both of them. I'm like on that same level. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Well, let me yeah. ask you, um, another fun question that, that I'm, I'm always curious to know is, uh, what's a, what's one of your favorite books that you refer to other people and why? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my first question would be like, what do they want to do? Like, what kind of book do you want to read? I'm assuming you're in real estate and you probably want to grow your business at that point. Sure. So for me, the best book that I've read like in the last two years for sure, or like ever, it's not even like a complicated book or anything is who not how I love mm. that book. I think it's so good. It's so packed full of like nuggets and gems. And it's so simple. Like so many people think that they have to do every single thing in the world. And like you, you can only do so much. And that the whole point of that book is just like that you need to find the people that can do the things that you need them to do. And you're just kind of like an orchestrator, you know, like moving all the chess pieces around or whatever you want to call it. And I just I love that message. I think that's really the way to build your business for sure. It's the only way to succeed. And yeah, I just I love that book. That's interesting. I, I yeah, I that's a book I haven't read, but I've heard it over and over and over again. And it's almost like, OK, Aisham, time, yeah. time to read that book. <laughs> Dude, OK, well, well, thank you for that. What's um, what, what's What's been your what, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned so far in your real estate career regarding real estate? Yeah, the greatest lesson, I mean, I think that, I think everyone has the same problem when they start that like real estate is so big. It's like such a broad term and there's so many ways to like make money and they all work. Like that's the crazy thing. So, you just need to like look at all of them or look at some of them, see what interests you, like what kind of category you want to be in, like what who you are as a person, and then just choose that one thing and just focus for a while. Like everything takes time. Like you got to wait, you got to put the work in. It's not like a get rich quick scheme right away. And I think it's super easy just to get distracted and just try the next thing, try the next thing, try the next thing and forget that like you need to actually like focus on one thing for a while. So that would be my advice and biggest thing that I've learned for sure, just that if you put the focus in on any of the techniques in real estate, like I think they all work. It's just, you gotta, you gotta choose one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I can totally agree to that. Um, and, and you know, you, you've said enough. I don't even think I, I want to harp on that uh, anymore. But let me ask you this. Okay. So let's say, let's talk about goals. Um, I'm fascinated to find out what people's 
uh, you know, process is around goals. I was just on a call with um, Jamil Damji the other the other day, and he mentioned, um, I think it was him. Gosh, I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't. But anyways, this person had mentioned not setting a timeline to your goals. Um, it was Jamil, by the way. It was oh, Jamil. Okay, that's right. And I just, I was, I thought that was fascinating because I. I, you know, you always hear make your goals was start. I think it is specific or smart, specific, smart, yep. measurable, measurable, actionable. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them that I think the last T is, is timely or timely. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that, that for me has kind of been a thing where I'm like, man, I, I like all the other stuff, but the timelines, the one part I, I never liked because it just gave you this, this pressure, which sometimes obviously pressure is good. You know, pressure creates diamonds, but pressure also busts pipes, you know, and that pressure, depending on your personality type could, you know, almost detract you from your goal, you know, could shy away. If you, if you're coming close to that, that time mark and you didn't, you're not meeting it, you know, whatever. So I want to, you know, I said a lot just to say, what are your thoughts on goals? Are you a person who likes to share your goals or do you keep them in with you? Do you like to set specific goals? What, what's your thought process around that? Yeah. You know, I, I've never heard that before, what you just said about not having the timeline, but I totally, I, I like that. And I think that that's interesting because you're right. Like when you have a timeline on there, it's, it's really hard to hit a timeline, especially when you're new, when you don't know like all these things and you're still learning, like I've, I've missed everything, every timeline I've ever put on my, on my goal. <laughs> and then it happens Real. and you get depressed. And then like, if you're not succeeding in other ways, then like you start to get more depressed and it's like a spiral of like, you're stuck in this, like I missed another goal, I missed another goal. So for me, I'm probably not the best goal setter, but like my goals are super simple. Like I've got like a revenue goal and then I've got like four goals underneath it of like what the things that I feel like I can kind of control more are like sure. calls in a day, like text in a day, offers in a day, like stuff like that. That's super basic. And that's really kind of it. That's all I do. And that's then awesome. I just set like a mental goal of like, let me focus on this for like a month and then recollect like reconnect with my goals see where i'm at like adjust as needed and then move from there or maybe even every week or something your uh your revenue goals are those monthly or annually or both or quarterly monthly Monthly. yeah okay awesome um and did you start setting goals pretty like pretty earlier on into your career or did you realize the importance afterwards or no, I, I always set goals because I was in that W2 world for like 10 years and uh, I was a manager for a long time. So we always had to set goals, like projections, like all that stuff. So that was like the one thing that I kind of felt confident about. So when I wouldn't know how to do anything else in real estate, I'd be like, okay, like I, I, I could set some goals. Like, you know, I can, I can do projections, like these kinds of things and spend my time doing that to make it feel like I was actually getting work done. But yeah, absolutely. We're all guilty yeah. of that. Yeah, way. exactly. In some, some regard and <laughs> something in the business. Yeah. It's your logo or goals. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. The logo, for yeah. sure. The logo, the dreaded logo. I know. I'm still <laughs> name, too. I'm always thinking about a new name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, What would you say your, John, what would you say your superpower is? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that my superpower is kind of what I was saying before, where like I'm really good at just waking up the next morning and just kind of forgetting about the day before and starting over again and having hope. Like 
it's kind of a weird superpower, but I just feel like I'm, I guess resilient is the word I'm kind of looking I love for. That. Like, yeah, like productive amnesia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they say that in sports, like you got to have amnesia. Like you can't remember you just like threw an interception, like you got to get out there and throw perfectly. Um, and I definitely think that that's been one of the reasons I've been able to succeed. Like that's why I was able to get scammed twice, like we talked about before and kind of keep going because I'm able just to kind of forget it all and just clear my mind and just do what I got to do and focus on the work. When you do forget, this may be a silly question, but I'm curious, do you forgive as well? Or do you still kind of hold a grudge and just move on? Uh, you know, I used to definitely hold the grudge more for sure. And that's definitely been something that I've been like working on. And, you know, in the meditation, like I think about that for sure. sure and just try to try to forgive myself. Like, you know, like in my mind, like I'm superhuman and I, I can make like a million dollars in like one month right away. And then I get scammed and I'm like, okay, like John, you didn't actually know what you were doing. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta take the right. in the beginning. You know, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what was one of the, sorry, I'm just like firing all these questions off. Yeah, I'm no, just really. curious, you know? What's, uh, what's one of the last things you did in real estate that scared you something out of your comfort zone? Yeah. Um, so definitely in the beginning, like, you know, making offers, like stuff like everybody said, writing my first contract that said like I owed like $400,000, like that was scary. But now I'm over all that. So the most recent thing for sure is I'm kind of at the point where like I need to build my team. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, you know, I definitely still have some kind of like mental barriers of like, you know, am I good enough in real estate? Like, am I good enough of a wholesaler? Like, am I ready to take people on under my team? Even though it's weird because I used to manage like 30 people. But <laughs> I never did it in real estate before as like the owner of the business yeah. before. So yeah, I'm like, definitely still like tentative at the moment still. So that's definitely one that I'm working on right now. I can imagine. Are you tentative because you feel like you're, and don't take this the wrong way, but are you tentative because you don't feel like you're at, you're as successful as maybe you want to be or that you feel like you still don't know everything in order to be the best boss or manager per se, like what's holding you back or what makes you feel tentative about bringing on people to your team? Yeah. It's a hundred percent. The first one that like, I, I know that I know how to, how to wholesale. Like it's not that, that complicated. Like it's, you know, a relatively straightforward series of events, but yeah, it's definitely just the beginning that for whatever reason in my mind, I'm still not sure if like I'm good enough personally. And, you know, I don't want to take somebody under my wing and not be able to give them like the mentor that they should and like deserve to have. So that's definitely my mental barrier at the moment that I'm working through for sure. So let me ask this then. What's your first, whenever you are ready to take that jump, what is your first hire? What's the first person you want to bring on your team? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be acquisitions for sure. Um, I, I went back and forth in the beginning for sure. I liked act in the beginning because I love to have control of the deals. I love to have my own deals. But the thing that's kind of like brought me more towards the dispo side, and that's like kind of what I do a little bit more now, is I just, I love the relationships with my buyers. Like, I, mm. I feel like you don't get quite the same thing, even with you're working with like real estate agents. Like, buyers, they're like your homies. Agreed. Like, you're all making money together. It's fun. I mean, you do that with agents too, but I don't know. For some reason, it just like hits different, I feel like, on the buyer side. You know, I love but before I should have to say anything, I'm this, he knows he's heard oh, yeah. a lot of my conversations. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, I love and, it. Like I talk to yeah. him, like, like we go up and like, I would like handshake, like smack him on the ass, tell him good. Yeah, game. exactly. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's a casual, easy conversation. Like I can call my it buyers is. and be like, what's up motherfucker. Like, yeah, it's just easy. <laughs> and so there's not that pressure. So I agree yeah, with you. I totally that. agree. Yeah. And I guess act as, you know, a little bit more of like, you know, you got to kind of, crank the numbers out like it's it's a numbers game like you got to yeah. get out there and make those calls and everything 
So, so bringing on a new teammate. Yeah. I, I feel that, that trepidation, that, you know, slight imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. um, cause we're, we're, we're at the same, um, you know, crossroads right now in our business where we, we're not looking to scale necessarily, but we're, we've got so much stuff coming our way that we almost need the help. Yeah. Um, and then, so it's bringing on the right person. It's making sure our systems are set up properly. It's making sure that, you know, they've got confidence in us that we're going to be able to support them in their endeavors and make sure that our vision is big enough that theirs fits into it. And there's, yep. there's a lot that goes into, you know, it really is your first yeah. team member on. So I look forward, man, to, to having you on, on another episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Know, for months sure. From now and hearing about what's going on. So, yeah, dude, let's land this plane. I, I got a few more questions for you. Um, you've been phenomenal, John. This has been one oh, of my thanks. favorite podcasts. Pleasure. <laughs> what's yeah, uh, you know. what's what's your definition of success, brother? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, my definition of success—it's got to just be like being—I I, want to say being happy. You know, being able to do what you want to do. Like Absolutely. for me, like you know, obviously I want to make a ton of money. Like sure, but I want to make the money really just to be able to have the life that I want to live. Like leave, live, lead. Excuse me. Both. Um, <laughs> either one. Yeah. So when I can just kind of, you know, like for example, next month I'm going to Asia for two months. So oh, very cool. I'm planning on working from Asia remote, like, you know, four to five hours per day. And I feel like when I'm there, I'm going to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm getting closer to success. Like this is a little bit it. Cause you know, I've got that life that like I want to be living. It's just gonna be my girlfriend and I traveling around Asia, making money in the mornings and nighttimes. So for me, that's kind of what it is like that freedom that happiness, that just like, you know, contentment, everything. Absolutely. I think uh, Earl Nightingale, I think it was, he said, um, success, the definition of success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal or the idea. And I thought that was cool. I mean, for me, my definition is, is, you know, of course, like you said, the the finances, but the finances will support the lifestyle. The ultimate mm-hmm. goal of success for me is to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. Yeah, um, that's that's my you know dream. That's my goal. Um, so thank you for sharing that, man. Um, John, dude, phenomenal. You've you've been a, an incredible guest. Thank you so much. We had a I had a great time. I'm sure Tanner did too. I don't want to speak for him. But I had a great time getting to know you. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Tanner's like, screw that guy. <laughs> um, but now we had Italian. Great... I can't say that. Come on now. Yeah, true. true. We're homies. <laughs> I saw John talking with his hands earlier. Oh, like, yeah, you're oh, right. Tanner's gonna right. Come out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, man. Tell tell the good people of the world, bro. How can they work with you? Um, and, and then also, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere. Social media, you know, Facebook, just search my name on there. Uh, Instagram at the real John Mayo, J O N M A I O. It's not quite like the food. Uh, TikTok, same thing on there. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So just hit me up on anywhere on there. I'm super responsive. Heck and, yeah. Um, what markets are you working? I'm in Florida. So Tampa primarily, Sarasota, Orlando, uh, Bradenton, all in that area. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, we, you know, we, we are Florida as well, but I'll tell you this, John is a beast. Like John's a beast. John's one of the people that I was paying attention to when we were building our dispo hub. Um, so you guys got deals, man. Send them both our ways. Like John, yeah, John, you. definitely. Will get it so dude, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, 
I do want to ask you one last question and sure. it's kind of a, it's another one of those. Wow. Um, but what's your, what's your message to the world? Oh man, my message to the world. These are some good questions. Uh, I guess my message for the world is you just gotta, you gotta do what you want to do. Like for 10 years, you know, I was living in the city and just getting gradually more unhappy with like the life that I had, but I was too afraid to take a step in any other direction. Like I take a leap into anything and just was kind of cycling down that path. And I felt myself going like more towards like a version of myself that I didn't want to be like, I was more unhappy, like laughed less, you know, like things like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a bad way to live. And, you know, fortunately for me, like COVID was kind of the thing that really opened my eyes to that. So my message is, message would just be that like, you know, open your eyes to the world and, you know, live the life that you want to live. Incredible, incredible, incredible words, brother. <laughs> actually, and on that vein, I got to thank you guys too, because today was actually my last day at my W-2 job. What? So, hey, as, let's of, go. as of 60 minutes ago, I'm full-time entrepreneur in real estate. Bro, Listen, why don't you start off with that? Yeah, you just started off with that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I totally uh, <laughs> questions now. We're going to keep this thing going. <laughs> Bro, well, we got to let you get the work then, man. You yeah, I know. Yeah. Girlfriend <laughs> and, and your own family, you got to support. So, yeah. John, thank you again, man. I, I, I'm so looking forward to uh, us, you know, developing a deeper relationship. Tanner, mm. I'm so sorry. I, I pretty much just dominated this interview. <laughs> I'm chilling, bro. You got, any, you got any questions? Anything you want to throw John's way? No, oh, no. Can... John's the man. And again, congrats on the uh, full-time entrepreneur. Boys. Yeah, I'm awesome. Absolutely. Well, bro, again, I can't wait to have you back on. I can't wait to hear more of your story. And uh, we'll definitely have you as a uh, repeat guest here on the Wholesale Elite <laughs> Podcast. Cool. Other than that, guys, we are out. We look forward to seeing you on the next show. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> what up, guys? Thank you for watching or listening to another episode. And look, here's the deal. If you got value out of today's episode, we kindly ask you to subscribe and like and get this bad boy going. And look, if you're in Florida, we're in Florida. That's our marketplace. And we want to help your deals get to the finish line. So if you got any deals that need help with Dispo, send us an email. We're at deals at unwindinvestments.com. You can also submit it via our property submission form online at unwindinvestments.com slash deals. And guys, we want you to be the next guest on our show. So get out there and hustle and grind and let's get to work. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.